A Walk Among the Stars, The Monsters, The Paranormal, and Supernatural. Join your tour guides, Justin and Josh, on this cryptic journey through life and beyond. What you may not know is you've been on this journey for a long time, and you finally arrived. Join us and our cult by subscribing to this podcast and giving us a generous five-star rating. With doing so, your soul will be set and the afterlife defined. Welcome to It's Cryptic Out There. your host, Dracula. Just kidding, everybody. Welcome back to It's Cryptic Out There podcast. I am your host, Justin. Today, Josh is not here. He is struggling with uh, more succubuses. That's just... He has bad luck with that. So, he's going to fight off them while... Today, I'll be reading a very creepy pasta. <laughs> How many of you guys like cre- creepy pasta? I, for one, love them. Especially, I got into them in high school. That's when I like first discovered them. That's probably when they started kicking off. Slender Man, of course, last episode. Uh, Jeff the Killer. Um, several. But this one today is very... Neat. Let me go ahead and pull it up. By the way, this episode is just like a a special one for It's a Cryptic Oktoberfest. Kind of like a spur of the moment type episode. So, just to, you know, surprise you guys. So hopefully you enjoy it. So let's start. The title of this creepypasta is My Dead Girlfriend Keeps Messaging Me on Facebook. I've got the screenshots. I don't know what to do. Ooh. Before we begin, Julia's dog is currently living with us now. If you hear cage rattling, it's not a ghost. It's not your dead girlfriend. It's just Mavis over there. So, shall we begin? Tonight's kind of a catalyst for this post. I just received another message, and it's worse than any of the others. My girlfriend died on the 7th of August, 2012. She was involved in a three-car collision driving home from work when someone ran a red light. She passed away within minutes on the scene. We had been dating for five years at that point. She wasn't big on the idea of marriage, she said gave her a weird vibe. But if she had been, I would have married her within three months of our relationship. She was vibrant, the kind of girl that would choose dare every time. She was happiest when camping, but a total 
techno feel, too. She always smelled like cinnamon. That being said, she wasn't perfect. She always said something along the lines of, If I cark it first, don't just say good things about me. I never liked that. If you don't pay me out, you're doing me a disservice. I've got so many flaws, and that's just part of me. So, this is for M. The music she said she liked and the music she actually liked were very different. Her idea of affection was a side hook. She had really long toes, like a chimpanzee. I know that's tangential, but I don't feel right discussing her without you having an idea of what she was like. On to the meat. M had been dead for approaching 13 months when she first messaged me. September 4th, 2013. Hello. Who is this? It's really weird receiving messages from Emily's account. Oh, well. In the future, please send me messages from your account, even if you want to discuss her page. Hello. Susan? You're on Emily's account. This is when it began. I had left Emily's Facebook account activated so I could send her occasional messages, post on her wall, go through her albums. It felt too final and too un-Emily to memorialize it. I share access with her mother, Susan, meaning her mother has her login and password and has spent a total of approximately three minutes on the website or on a computer total. After a little confusion... I assumed it was her. November 16th, 2013. I had received confirmation from Susan that she hadn't logged in to M's Facebook since the week of her death. M knew a lot of people, so I instantly assumed this was one of her more tech-savvy friends fucking with me in the worst possible way. I noticed pretty much immediately that whoever was chatting with me was recycling old messages from M. Let's hit up Trail this Sunday. The wheels on the bus comment from when we were discussing songs to play on the road trip. Around February 2014, Emily started tagging herself in my photos. I would get notifications for them, but the tag would generally always be removed by the time I got to it. The first time, I actually caught one. It felt like someone had punched me in the gut. She would tag herself in spaces where it was plausible for her to be, or where she would usually hang out. I've got screenshots of 2, April, and June. These are the only ones I've caught. So they're a little out of the timeline I'm trying to write out. Around this time, I stopped being able to sleep. I was too angry to sleep. She would tag herself in random photos every couple of weeks. The friends who noticed and said something thought it was fucked up, bug. I found out recently that there had been friends who have noticed and didn't say anything. Some of them have removed me from their Facebook friends list. At this point, some of you may be wondering why I didn't kill my Facebook profile. 
I wish I had. I did it for a little while. On days when I can't get out there, though, it's nice having my friends available to chat. It's nice visiting M's page when the little green circle isn't next to her name. I was already socially reclusive when M was alive. Her death turned me into something pretty much to a hermit. And Facebook and MMOs were, or are, my only real social outlets. On March 25th, I received an answer. Why are you doing this? Why do you keep tagging her? It wasn't until I was going over these logs a few months later that I noticed she was recycling my own words as well. My response seems kind of lackluster here. I was intentionally providing her, or him, with emotional bait. This is actually devastating to keep them interested in their game. I was working off the assumption that the kind of person to do this would be the kind of person that would thrive on the distress of others. I was posting in tech forums, looking for ways to track this person, contacting Facebook. I needed to keep them around so I could gather evidence. Before anyone asks, yes, I had changed the password and all security info countless times. 16th of April, I received this. Why are you doing this? We should make our own jam. JFC Samantha, nah, different, no chance of passing, no chance of passing, how many? Garage side door, side, I, no chance of passing. This seems like word salad, like all our conversations so far is recycled from previous messages she sent. 29th of April. Baked beans on toast. I don't know. I just said, Yo, ask Nathan. 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 I don't know what's happening. I don't know how you're still doing this. Please stop. Please stop. I don't know what's happening. Nathan. I don't know what's happening. I hadn't discovered any leads. Facebook had told me the locations her page had been accessed from. But since her death, they're all places I can account for my home, my work, her mom's house, etc. My response here wasn't bait. Yo, ask Nathan was an in-joke too lame worth explaining. But seeing her say it again just absolutely fucking crippled me. My reaction in real life was much less prettier. I'm not expecting my bond back. Her last few messages had started to scare me, but I wouldn't admit it at this point. 8th of May. I don't really have the words for this. I. I. Negative 12. Negative 15. My jumper's in the dryer, and it's really cold out. Really cold out. Cold. Cold. Nathan, please stop. I, cold, freezing. I don't know what's happening. Freezing is the first original word she's made. 
This has given me nightmares that have only started to kick in recently. I keep dreaming that she's in an ice-cold car, frozen blue and gray, and I'm standing outside in the warmth screaming at her to open the door. She doesn't even realize I'm there. Sometimes, her legs are outside with me. 24th of May I'm really drunk. I miss you. Whoever's on this account, I don't give a fuck. I keep coming home from work and expecting to see you at the computer. Shouldn't I be used to that by now? Us, let me walk. I wasn't actually drunk. She wasn't an, an affectionate girl. And it always embarrassed her to exchange I love you, cuddle, talk about how much we meant to each other. She was more comfortable with it. When I was boozed up, I got fake drunk a lot. Her reply is what prompted me to finally memorialize her page, thinking it might help curb this behavior. It seemed innocence compared to her previous message. It pasted from an old conversation where I was trying to convince her to let me drive her home from a friend's. In the collision, the dashboard had crushed her. She was severed in a diagonal line from her right hip to midway down her left thigh. One of her legs was found tucked under the back seat. Going back in time, 7th of August, 2012. Gray state somewhere. Hey, you on your way home? Emily. When you see this message, please ring me. Straight away. I rang... And they said you left at four. I'm starting to panic. I feel sick in my stomach. Please message me. Emily, Emily, answer your phone. These are logs from the day she died. She was usually home from work by 4.30. This, alongside a couple of voicemail messages, is the last time I talked to her under the assumption that she was alive. You'll see why I'm showing you these soon. Yesterday, 1st of July, 2014. Hey, you on your way home? Emily, when you see this message, please ring me. Straight away. Please stop. I rang and they said you left at 5. I'm starting to panic. Please stop. Cold. Emily, Emily, answer your phone. I don't know what's happening cold. Freezing. I memorialized her page a couple of days after I received the message about walking. Until today, she'd been quiet. She wasn't even tagging herself in my photos. I don't know what to do anymore. Do I kill her memorial page? What if it is her? I want to puke. I don't know what's happening. I just heard a Facebook alert. I'm too afraid to swap windows and check it. Well, what do you guys think about that? <sighs> Creepy, huh? Imagine your significant other tragically dies. And then a few days later, you get random messages from them. Very vague that you don't understand. That would be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> absolute nightmare.
Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a quick one. It was a fun one. I enjoy reading these creepy pastas. Maybe we could do more in the future. Maybe Josh can do some as well. He has a great, you know, podcast voice, narration voice. I hope you guys tune in to the Facebook Live podcast on Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of announcements, and a special, special guest is going to be here. You do not want to miss it. I am telling you that right now. It's going to get weird. It's going to get spooky, but we're going to have a wonderful time. We're also going to dress up. My costume is right in front of me. You guys can't see it, but yeah, it's going to be lit. Josh will be back Friday. We will go live on the private Facebook group. It's Cryptic Out There Podcast. If you're not a member and if you have Facebook, join us. Join the cult, the good cult. Sorry, Mom. Anyway, if you guys want to follow us on any other social media, we're on Facebook, of course, Instagram, it's cryptic out there. Um, email, it's cryptic out there at gmail.com. It's all it's all in the description below. You just scroll down. The hotline. The cryptic hotline. 540-358-1583. If you have a creepy story that's true and you would like to share, please call the hotline, leave a voicemail. The voicemail ends after three minutes. But if you want to continue the conversation, just call right again and continue the story. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Please five-star the podcast if you enjoy it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Like and subscribe on YouTube. All that jazz. Thank you all so much. And lastly, watch your back. It's cryptic out there.